0: This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.
1: This is A Little Pot of Joy, the podcast program.
2: Welcome. This is A Little Pot of Joy, the podcast show with Alice and Andrea. Our community is made up of so many amazing and diverse groups of people, as are the programs on Joy 94.9. There is something for everyone. A little pot of joy is where we highlight just some of these amazing programs. We would like to show our respect and acknowledge the traditional custodians of this land, of elders past and present of the Kulin Nation, whose land we are broadcasting from. We're opening the evening with a podcast from Hide and Seek. Don't be a douche.
3: Dean and Tim chat to Stephen Spencer about the art of douching and how you can avoid those nasty surprises when you're in the heat of the moment, including some handy tips to ensure you're prepared for when certain opportunities arise.
2: You can listen to the entire podcast by downloading it from the Joy website, joy.org.au forward slash hide and seek, or download it for free from the iTunes store.
1: This is A Little Pot of Joy, the
4: podcast program. You are with Dean Beck and Tim Little on hide and seek tonight. We're
5: discussing douching. And we have Steve Spencer. Welcome. And you've brought someone along with... Brought my friend OJ. Hey, OJ. Hello. So let's just set the scene here. So, Steve, you're representing the bottom. Yes, although I do dabble for both. I know shock horror to some people. Bottom tonight, you know. Okay, you're bottom in the studio. We're doing some role play here. (laughs) (laughs) And OJ's the top tonight. Yes. So set the scene here. You've got a a nice hot day to... Ready. OJ's waiting in the wind. <laughs> How do you prepare? Oh, well, what are some tips?
0: I've certainly got some tips. Now I sort of take two routes, mind the pun, um, when it comes to douching. Either you're ready for said hot day, like you've got three days or so to prepare, so there are certain things you can do, or you've got sort of the last minute grinder hook up, which I wouldn't meet OJ on, of course. No, 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 we're we're fine. Fine young gentlemen. So You've got
5: your phone numbers Exactly Yeah
0: Exactly So then there's also the quick fix So you can sort of do a last minute quickie If okay, you've got so to you spare There are certain things you can do
5: Let's say this, is, this has been building up for the mm. last week You're very excited How does it go?
0: Well Say on the weekend we're meeting, OJ Do you prefer Saturdays or Sundays? Let's go for a Sunday A little Sunday session Sunday, yeah When you're hungover That's when the best yeah. sex happens Wednesday, you'd start with your Metamucil. I say that a fiber supplement is the greatest equalizer. No matter what you eat or drink or whatever, Metamucil will turn all that fun stuff inside you into something clean and easy to get rid of. So, so one per day, three times per day, three times a day. I think that's the normal one. One with yeah, each meal. It's like one and, wow. and a half
6: teaspoons, like one to three times a day.
0: Yeah. So in my case, I do about ten no, a <laughs> day. Keep it uh, keep it healthy. Yes, about three a day. About three. Yes. So fiber makes it makes the process of douching down the track just ten times easier and quicker. Because the quicker the douche, the better and healthier it is.
5: And are there certain types of foods that are, that you incorporate into that? Well, the thing with MetaMucil it sort of it's sort of a, a cheat way in
0: that it, you it allows you to eat almost anything you want and drink almost anything you want. And keep everything fairly regular and expected. Things that you want to avoid in general um, before sex are alcohol and coffee. Um, anything that will turn everything into a bit of a um, slippery slide uh-huh. are, are things that you want to avoid. I'm having flashbacks. Having flashbacks weekend. of a certain... I had three <laughs> coffees on Saturday. Metamucil uh, is
4: really psyllium husks. Yes, yeah, so psyllium husk, any fiber supplement. And the point with that is you've got to have enough water because without it you can get... The reverse effect.
0: Yes, definitely. So you definitely have to use it as described. There's no reason to use too much or too little. Just use it as... But plenty of liquid. Plenty of liquid, definitely. And also the other thing with this is a lot of people don't eat or will modify their diets dangerously. So rather than saying, you know, don't drink alcohol or don't drink coffee, I say, yes, don't do those things, but make sure you eat full meals and make sure you drink lots of water beforehand, especially immediately before the sex or the day leading up to the sex, because you don't want to have sex on an empty stomach, especially if you're going to be drinking or have your amol or whatever. Um, that's when, you know, your body will just seize up it and really won't, won't receive it well. So you want to eat healthily.
5: So in this article, you speak about amyl and you said that it can actually relax you while you're flushing those things out? Absolutely. So
0: explain the fibre supplement and the lead up. So when you actually get to it, you take a shit first, okay? Just do it. No matter where you are, no matter who you're with, just, just have a good dump.
6: Yeah, but please do it in a bathroom.
0: So in in the process, it's amyl on the toilet is amazing because amyl is a relaxant and. Sleep.
6: Not
4: that we endorse the use of any sort of inhalants.
0: No, no, absolutely not. And please talk to your doctor whether or not your body is appropriate for these sorts of things. Um, if you have blood pressure conditions, or if you already have um, substances in your system, it's a bad idea. Um, But for me personally... We're certainly not
4: going to recommend
0: any uh, illegal drugs on this show or this station. No. No. And I personally, speaking personally, anything that sort of relaxes you... Is of great assistance. Yes, absolutely. Mm, Right. Yes, so that's the pre. And then a cheeky bottle of Mount Franklin. Go in the shower, a couple of squirts and you're you're good. What do you mean by that? Well... You know i hear so many guys with their hoses their fancy setups the you know the big systems you know guys who build a a special shower and a special room particularly for these things but really if your sex is spontaneous whether it's spontaneous or planned a water bottle delivers the perfect amount of water which is as little as possible at the perfect depth whereas i know people who'll shove a hose up a foot foot deep and just flush the whole system out and what you don't want to do is Risk any damage to the to the sensitive tissue inside that area, um, and also what you especially don't want to do is force water too deep up there, because otherwise you get the situation from um, from Dante's Peak, where you know you have a full dam and it eventually bursts and you flood the poor townspeople, and you don't want to do that.
5: See, my concern with the Mount Franklin bottle is cutting on the top of the lid. There are
0: other things like the the tomato sauce bottle is popular because it's quite a thin conical shape um, with no sharp edges. Right. Um, there are others of us who might need a wider opening like a Gatorade bottle, but you know it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It's sort of just the concept of, of a bottle or a douche nozzle as well um, also
5: works. So are there certain shapes that you would go for with a Proper douche, I'm talking. With well, a proper douche bottle? Not a not bottle. Franken bottle. Um, well, yes, if, if you're lucky enough
0: to have one with you, um, as I said, spontaneous sex or whatever. Is, you know, that's the thing about a Mount Franken water bottle. You can buy them anywhere. So no matter where you are, you can get them. But one. in a perfect world, what would be the <laughs> ideal equipment? Yes, a douche bottle, it works absolutely perfectly. Um, again, it delivers the perfect amount of water um, to the perfect depth.
5: What about things like a bidet? Um, a bidet...
0: Um, as as in one that shoots water at you? Yeah. Um, if you can hold yourself open for long enough, I don't now. think that's going to be doing <laughs> I <don't> anything really. <laughs> no,
4: it does <laughs> work. Trust me. Right. Okay. All right. I'll have to take your word on that. Um, uh, your thoughts on nozzles, hoses, and nozzles? Let's talk about that
0: again. Like I'm not a big proponent of the hose. I think they're a bit expensive. See, I am. Absolutely, and I'm totally mains pressure, and at <laughs> I'll look at a perfect world I'll to go down to the local hydrant. But um, no, I know too many people, especially if that you, you. I'm not. I'm not implying anything for this, but you are experienced, <laughs> and you have learned what works sure, best for your body. Sure, absolutely. And at the end of the day, that's all that really matters is what works best for you. But for starters, for people who who perhaps their current douching regimen isn't perfect. You know, a bottle really does give you the right amount. If you figure, oh, your body can handle a bit more water or a bit more depth, then that works well. But at the end of the day, the golden rule is shallow and less water. And again, and comfortable. Yes, and, yes. And, and keep it comfortable. Yeah. Um, because it is very sensitive in there. It's, you don't want to push the water too deep because then that causes um, a water build up deep down and you'll discover that halfway through. Sorry, OJ, if that happens. Yeah, have you had any experiences, OJ, with, with that? Yes. Not with me, of course. Not.
6: Yes. Yes uh yeah, so like coming from like my point of view, like if I am picking up on the 86 tram, whatever if if shit happens, shit happens, but when you plan something three or four days ahead, like there can be some people who get will get really anxious about it and go too far, and I've had it would have been like probably three years ago someone just yeah is said, break a dam on a bed and soak a bed like when that's not your own mattress, it's fine But when it's your mattress it's like oh. So, so it's a thing, like, get it out beforehand.
0: Wait, you were cheating on me? No, I'm kidding. <laughs>
6: um, I think, actually, a really important thing Dean taught me, like, many years back was do a little dance in the shower. Like, <laughs> if you're afraid of having any excess build-up, just have a little dance, move it around. Absolutely, and changing wait. position. Yeah. Give it time, though, like, you don't want to douche 20 minutes before someone arrives at your door. Like, you want to give a little bit more time.
4: And, look, the best douche is not a spontaneous douche. Let's yes. be very yeah. clear yeah. on that. It's got to be I planned.
5: Mean,
3: you're on JOY 94.9 and this is A Little Pot of Joy with Andrea and Alice. From another one of our resting programs, dystopical, the female orgasm.
2: Katie and Freena talk with Katie East about the female orgasm, the what, the where and the how. If you can't listen to the show live, download the podcast from the JOY website, www.joy.org.au or the iTunes Store.
5: You're listening to
1: a little pot of joy, the podcast program.
7: So this evening we have a rather special show for you. Um, I'm almost embarrassed to be talking. No, about. she's not almost embarrassed.
8: She's actually really embarrassed, which is part of the reason why we're doing this show. Basically, just so that we can watch Farina blush.
7: Pretty much. <laughs> that was. What oh my God, she's <laughs> blushing yeah. now and, and squirming. Yeah. All these amazing things. All right. So um, this topical is a debate and a reflection on what matters to. Queer women in our community on tonight's show we're talking about we're
9: talking about the female orgasm that's
7: right we're talking about the female orgasm oh my god she said it that's one we'll be talking about the history of the orgasm um all that sort of research, the important bits and pieces of bits and pieces. Yeah, we're
8: talking about the anatomy of the orgasm. the important bits and pieces
7: of your <laughs> pieces. Yeah, the anatomy. What you should get to know if you don't know already, and various other interesting tips. Right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. We've got t-
9: Katie's top ten list, of course.
7: <laughs> As always. Okay, we're talking about the history of orgasms, right? <laughs>
8: now,
9: the orgasm is from the Greek word orgasm. Asmos, which means, catherine Anne,
8: Um to swell and be excited. Yeah, I, I was going
9: to say that. <laughs> Give me a moment. Um, the best thing about an orgasm is the fact that we are actually allowed to talk about these things these days. It used to be a really taboo subject, which is where a bit of my research has come well, from.
8: Especially... Um the female orgasm.
9: Very much so. There was this great guy called Kinsey, and in the late 1940s, early 50s, he actually did um, some research. Um, he bought out two books, and it was the uh, a book about the male and a book about the female. And um, in his book in the 1950s, uh, or 40s, sorry, it was revealed that over 80% of women masturbated and had clitoral orgasms. That's
8: really not much of a shock. It's not, but in the nineteen
7: forties, it was. But they probably had never counted this stuff before. Well, this is it. Or had done research on it. Well, this
9: is it. There was a bit of dispute with his research because a lot of the people that volunteered for the research had served or were serving prison sentences. Mm. If I was in prison, I'd be masturbating a hell of a lot more than I would be on the outside. (laughs)
8: Saying
2: something.
9: So there was, you know, there was...
7: There's also probably different ethics at Right now, this yeah, used to definitely. Be around, like using, you know, prisoners as subjects of that's sex right. Research. Well,
9: there was a lot of debate over whether or not it covered the general population, mm. but he actually did a mm. study. I think it was around about six thousand people. So, I mean, it was a fair size study for six thousand
7: women. Yeah, for
9: those that that time. So, and then in the fifties, there was some more research done, and that revealed that women could actually achieve multiple orgasms
7: groundbreaking stuff it really was it it was well look it's not it's not like
8: individual women haven't known this you know over the years but there is something extremely psychologically comforting about knowing that you're not the only person.
9: Well, this is true but then you've got to think about the time, okay? So the 50s everyone was quite prudish like for and you know these <laughs> Thanks, subjects <nice>. these <laughs> subjects weren't really talked about and so you know women didn't get around like we do and say hey <laughs> <laughs> No, not around like we do. <laughs> like t- sit around and talk about things like, you know, we do these days. Later on in the 70s, there was this awesome woman I did a lot of reading on her in the last couple of days. Her name's Sher um, Height. Sure, yeah. sure. Yeah. Same thing. The height report. Tomatoes, tomatoes. The height report, right on. Um, it reported that only 29% of women were able to orgasm through intercourse and 85% were required direct clitoral stimulation in order to orgasm. Which I
8: think is saying something because um, it was Freud that said that um, that penetrative orgasms were a myth.
9: We all know how much I love Freud.
8: Well, you know... For for those of you that don't know this, he only studied his wife, um, and I think he was actually a bit of an idiot.
9: (laughs) I I, I concur so much. (laughs) So anyway,
8: let's ignore Freud, and um, anyway, share height. Uh, Reported that only 29% of women Mm, um, were able to orgasm through intercourse, meaning penetration, and 85% of women required direct clitoral stimulation.
7: Mm -hmm.
8: And it's bizarre to think that this was groundbreaking information.
7: But this is, again, all stuff that we know from our own experiences. We do know now. And we do talk about kids And Dear Dolly, I love Dear Dolly. (laughs) I read into it once.
9: It allowed women, basically with these reports, it allowed women to become aware that not all women were able to orgasm through penetration alone and it allowed some women to feel that they were within, I guess you could say, the norm as it was still a taboo subject in the 70s, talking about sex, you know, around the dinner table and stuff like that. The biggest thing about it was it also revealed that the majority of people deemed intercourse or sex to be penetration and that everybody else, everything else was put into a category of that's foreplay. So we're talking about oral sex, we're talking... Digital, digital, all of that kind of stuff. That's considered foreplay. So yeah, basically, there's sex, and then everything else is foreplay. So that's what the study came up with.
7: But I believe which basically discounted sort of lesbians as having. Sex. It
9: did, and, you know, look, we're still discounted to a degree. Like, sex should not be considered as penetration only. How many times have you two been asked by either somebody that's straight or somebody that's curious as to... Or your own mother. or You must use... <laughs> in my case.
3: Not in my instance. But, um, what do you actually do? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, you say? yeah.
9: What, what do you do? Yeah. Like, obviously, you must use sex toys in order to have sex because how is it sex if there's no penetration? Mm.
8: Well, actually, I actually have a friend who um, went to have a pap smear many, many years ago um, and was told by the doctor that she didn't need to have a pap smear because she was a lesbian and lesbians don't have penetrative sex.
9: Oh, see, this really annoys me because there is actually a new test that has come out. This is a little bit of health information for you, as uh, everyone I- knows I'm a nurse. Um there is actually, now when you go and get a pap smear, you can actually get a DNA test done with your swab as well. It is actually proven that I think it's 2% of women that suffer from HPV actually have um, inherited it from their their parents oh. and it's not actually an STD exclusively.
7: That's really interesting. I actually didn't know that. Yeah,
9: I found out the last time I went
7: and see my GP. <clears throat> anyway, off yeah, the subject. I, you know, I hate yeah. to
8: be boring, but can we just get back to orgasms?
7: Yeah. We have got to get to your list. We've All right. got time's running out, so okay. let's get to your list. All right, so
9: here's my list, what's, my top this, 10. what's this list about?
7: This list is
9: just about sex and bringing someone to an orgasm and stuff like that. Number one, take your lady off the clock. Basically, what it means, I'm just going to break it down really simply. Sometimes it can take women 15 to 40 minutes to be stimulated and then to reach orgasm. So take her off the clock. Make sure that there's no stress on there. Make sure that there's no time limit on there. Make sure that you're able to tell her, we've got as much time as we need to do this. Mm-hmm. So let's just take our time. Number two, talent. Talent can be a real turn on. Like um, the best sex basically starts long before you, you take your clothes off. Mm-hmm. You go on a really cool date. You make them laugh their ass off. My I allowed to say ass? Sorry. Yeah, Make them laugh their butt off. Sorry. <laughs> that can be a really big talent. And, you know, show certain sides of you or things that you're talented at before you actually take your clothes off and then show your real talents. Speak up about the body. If you're attracted to somebody that you're sleeping with um, and you're attracted to them naked as well, you need to be able to tell them because when you give them flattery about how they look naked and how they look... Basically, you're going to get better sex. A recent study in the Journal of Sex um, suggested women who feel embarrassed or ashamed about their bodies have less sexual experience and are less sexually assertive. Want them to be assertive? Give them some uh, complimentary tips. Nice. The top should be tender. I like this one. During floor play, gently brush the tops, bottoms and sides of the breast. The nipples are actually in some way connected to the clitoris. So be very careful around them. But the outside areas are really hypersensitive. The nipple itself can actually become desensitized. So make sure you work on the outside areas.
8: Mm. You have um, to kind of work up to nipples. You really. do. Yeah.
9: You can't just start off at the nipple. Watch and learn This is my This is a really your big one f- <laughs> I'm not going to say my, my favourite This is one. my favourite <laughs> <laughs> I always said it I actually
7: think this is a really important I think one. it's really
9: important Let your partner masturbate in front of you Not only is it a turn on It's a guide of what she likes And how she likes it Don't just sit there taking notes on a notepad But make sure you look, feel And see what she responds to this is my most important thing. In our society, women are not encouraged to masturbate. However, by exploring what it is you like, you're able to have a more fulfilling sex life with your partner. Masturbation should be viewed as empowering.
8: Absolutely. And clitorises aren't the same. Like Some people like direct stimulation. Some people like indirect stimulation. Yep. It really just depends on the person. And That's so, right. Knowing what gets them off by seeing what they do, yeah. can be a really important whatever part worked of the on process. your last
9: girlfriend isn't necessarily going to work on your next Absolutely. time. Absolutely, yep. Okay, angles for penetration. If we're talking about penetrative sex, um, explore various types of penetration to figure out what turns her on most.
8: If she likes
9: it. If she actually likes it. Um, we've taken talked about where the G spot is, so I'm not really going to go into we that didn't anymore. We did talk
8: about the A spot, but we'll, maybe another time. Maybe
9: another time. We have an A spot. Everybody basically, the A spot produces lube. Women being able to multitask. Women are meant to be able to concentrate on more than one thing, so make sure that that's also evident in the bedroom. Don't get stuck on missionary sex. Have some fun experimenting. Sense orgasm. easy into oral sex. Don't just attack it. <laughs> First, you know, I'm not going to tell you how to do it, but kiss the thighs, you know, broad strokes with your tongue, do circles, yada, yada, yada. But the biggest cues are from the hips because they show the rhythm that the person likes and gasps and moans as you experiment with techniques. And watch for signs. And muscles yeah that's it. The stomach muscles can actually show when they're having an orgasm, so make sure you have the hand on the stomach. That's also a really good tip and If the lights are on, you can see the color of uh, you can see the increased blood flow in the labia. When they're about to come. Uh, Coming together, it's an amazing moment to share with someone, so try and time yours with your partner's climax. Don't be afraid to keep going and enjoy the thrill of the multiple. It is real and it does exist. Just
8: keep going.
9: And don't forget, if the clitoris is rubbed for a long time, it can become sore or desensitised to respond to manual oral stimulation bonus point here though (laughs) i like the bonus bonus a woman's orgasm threshold drops after her first one so it's really easy to bring her back to climax through penetration after she's already had one if she's into penetration and that is my top 10 and that is the orgasm show
2: you're on joy 94.9 and this is little pot of joy your host this evening Andrea and alice up next from critical hit sex in video games
3: The team are all here to talk about a topic that can be quite controversial when it comes to video games. That's right, of course, sex.
2: Video games have been causing problems with their depiction of women as early as 1982. But in recent years, there's been a lot of evolution and we hear about some of the better examples too.
3: And if you just can't listen to the show live, download the podcast from the Joy website joy.org.au or the iTunes store.
1: This is A Little Pot of Joy, the podcast program. Yes, you are here on Critical Hit today. I'm not going to mess around today. Today's show sex. is all about... <laughs> Kev, I was trying to lead into it. I was doing foreplay. He uh, just came a bit prematurely. <laughs> don't worry about it. And you it just happens to everyone. In. You just jumped in. Um, we are talking about sex today, particularly sex in video games, not just generally <laughs> sex. You we are a video
10: game show. We should be talking about sex You haven't in tuned into games.
1: the incorrect show. This is the correct show. This is Critical Hit, Joy's only video game show. We're not going to stuff around today. Uh, we're going to get straight into it. So, to speak, this is going to be a problem, this show. I can feel it already. (laughs) What are you two doing over there? Getting straight into it. Oh, naturally. Children, please. Talking about sex in video games and how it can be perceived, and some of the video games that got it right, and uh, some of the video games that got it very, very wrong. So, uh, I don't even know where to start here. I can start by saying the first video game that had sex in it was actually back in 1981. It was a text based game called Soft Porn Adventure. Because you know, adventures. It's like
10: it's just an erotic fan fiction. Sorry. The game. I found that particularly I want to play that um, soft porn adventures.
1: <laughs> it sold a lot. Uh, it was it, you know it came out. It was um, in an article in Time magazine as well. Um, and they were going to make one for straight women as well. Very important to make one for straight women um, as it well. It was as such men. a big market in video games back then. Yeah, uh, but it never happened in the end, which is uh, probably a good thing, I think. But I guess you know over the last sort of 10 to 15 years or so is when you've really started seeing sex come a bit further when it comes to video games you know particularly because nowadays you actually have a choice in um in some games you choose even who you get to have sex with so it's not even just about you know watching some sex scene and feeling kind of pervy about it it's actually about sort of partaking or your main character partaking in a decision so i mean i'd be silly not to talk about the more recent one that comes to mind which is the anything from Bioware basically in terms of Mass Effect and Dragon Age as well um, which features all sorts of sexualities all sorts of characters but actually does it in quite a tasteful kind of way Agreed. Did, they, did they have that function in Knights of the Old Republic don't know about that anyone do not play played? It. No. Yeah. neither <laughs> but I mean, it was handled so well in um, I have to say Dragon Age because I haven't played a lot of the Mass Effect games um, but in Dragon Age in particular even the, um, the silly sex scenes they still have heart to them they're not like completely vulgar and ridiculous even when they walk in on the iron bull who's naked spread out on the bed it's it's not done in this horrible sort of way where it's super comedic like it's funny but it's not like um taboo it's stupid funny awkward situation funny yeah. like something
11: that could
10: actually it's happen believable. To it's yeah. Yeah. believable so that's
11: why it's great and
1: the other characters are like okay well you guys just finish what you're yeah. doing and come join us when you're done I, all good like sets they sets it, handle
11: it well it sets them up as relationships not purely as a yeah. sexing like there's people have playthrough methods of like sleeping with as many people as you can in mass effect but it's actually (laughs) quite difficult because once you trigger one relationship lock-in it Closes yeah. off a lot of. Which things.
10: is the same with Dragon Age, is that you actually have to spend a lot of time. courting. Courting. You have to do. the. you have to say the right thing. If you say the wrong thing, you're in trouble. You have to do quests for them, that kind of stuff. You have to actually spend time. If you time, accidentally murder his friend. Yeah, then you're totally so ruined. And then <laughs> yeah. that's the thing as well, I think, that I found quite interesting with, with Dragon Age was that if you had spent time on certain people, other characters would end up hooking up. Because it was like, well, it's real life. Yeah. Yeah, they're not going to all wait for you waiting no. for the Inquisitor. That was so the first time yeah. they've included that, and I really liked that. It was a great touch.
12: Dorian and Iron Bull just killed me. It was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I think Dragon Age did um, those sex scenes really tastefully. Um, and I think there's so many more options they could have done. Like, you could have just like hooked up and just been like bed buddies. Like, that's, that's okay too. Um, and yeah i i don't know i think they did it really well they didn't really objectify anybody and i like when it comes to sex scenes in video games that's kind of what i find important not who they're sleeping with or you know the relationship between the people they're sleeping with but how how it's
1: handled yeah
12: yeah. Exactly.
1: Now, one that I want to talk about that came up a few times on, online as well. So, Matthew mentioned this one, as did Scott. And Archie, you know a bit about this one, too. I do. Too. Um, it is a title called Coming Out on Top. Uh,
0: it's such a great it's a, title. It's I a love-
1: PC gay yes. dating simulator, yeah, right? dating sim. Okay, I don't know much men. about
11: it, but I saw a picture of a guy making out with a fish. It was a, it was a Kickstarter. Well, that was a secret ending. I have do. concerns. You could,
10: you could romance your fish.
11: Yeah, but, but the game like?
10: you got game over if you did that yeah. because it it, <laughs> it like, was it was that you hadn't lost your mind yeah. and <laughs> therefore just couldn't complete the game so
1: <laughs> Yeah. I love that, sorry. <laughs> That's great.
11: Yeah, well, it's 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 a good game. Um I I really need to play more of it. <laughs> so,
1: how's you coming out to your friends right at the start of the game? So, you know, I guess, um, you know, in a a lot of people mentioned, there's you know, with dating simulators and stuff like that, that there's not really um, a game for them when you have you know when you're gay or trans and stuff like that. So, I think that it's a it's a good. Um, way of saying, hey, you know, this game is something that I can play and I actually get to romance guys rather than a game forcing me to romance females. It's so, pretty I mean,
11: graphic in that sense, also.
12: Yeah. Um, that, but that's Bear okay. That I have nothing against yeah. having sex in video games. It's how it's tackled. Like, I don't have anything against nudity. I don't care if it's very graphic. Sex Sorry. scenes, like, go nuts. Oh, it's completely fine. Oh, there's a
1: scene. Interesting. You said tackle and I laughed. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, no <worries>. yep. So <laughs> now, Also, I mean, uh, also another one that comes up a lot when it comes to sex scenes and, um, and the media and stuff like that like that. Uh, Grand Theft Auto, right? Now, GDA, it has obviously the big controversy from more recently, hot which we've known mod. for a long time. Well, now, talking about the idea of picking up hookers and then paying oh, them that one. and then beating them and taking the money back. Sorry, so many sexual um,
11: controversies. <laughs> in but also yeah. the
1: hot, hot coffee mod, which is a mini game that you could unlock if you're had if you a modder and you find it in the coding and stuff, um, that allows you to press buttons to create excitement for the girl that you're having sex with.
11: Fully and it shows
1: you fully clothed, um, bumping uglies on screen. It looks
11: hilarious. Have you seen the footage from it? Or oh,
1: it's ridiculous. It? Oh, it is. It's- but it caused a massive fuss. And, you know, I think, Mee's, um, you know, you mentioned about, you know, sex is okay in video games, but it's about how it's handled and yeah. how it's portrayed. And, you know a game like dragon age you know it has a lot of sex in it and a lot of sexuality and stuff like that but it's done in a way that is tasteful and it doesn't cause controversy because it's just the world they've built so well it doesn't matter and
12: they did it super respectfully and even if they went like all out and did really graphic sex scenes i'd still be a-okay with that because of how it was handled
1: but then you have gda yes which is the opposite (laughs) of that yes and and that's why it makes the media and gets everyone talking about it in a negative way, because it's just, it's so gratuitous and stupid, you know? Yeah. It's not the right way to do things. It's not how the real world works, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And it just, it's really wrong in that sense, and it's caused a lot of problems, so... Yeah, if they just, like, started treating women as, like, humans and not objects, that'd be a good start. Even Saints yeah. Row, which is in the same world as GDA in terms of it's an open world... Gang-based shooter, whatever you want to call it, um, Saints Row tackles sexuality pretty well. Like you can have sex with whoever you want, and it can be male or female, and it can be—it doesn't matter what relationship it is—and um, it's handled in a cute sort of way. It mostly happens off-screen, but the build-up to it and the flirtation is actually the kind of flirtation that you would normally expect in real life and it kind of works in the game. In a game that's so stupid and ridiculous and means you reviewed that for us.
12: And, yeah. Um,
11: it is stupid.
1: Yeah. It is.
12: It's totally stupid and it's so, totally satirical and that's why it works. Yeah, especially or, for... It, it was
11: um, designed as a satire of um, particularly the romance sequences of Bioware games. Yeah. Um, the idea that you can romance everyone's a bit odd. Um, because Awesome, it doesn't, but doesn't,
12: you're sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it,
11: doesn't, it doesn't reflect the individual character no. sexuality, like everyone's pan or bisexual, that's just not realistic. Um, yeah. But it's a satire so it's fine, and I handled it well still, it wasn't, um, there was agency of the characters,
10: they didn't, there wasn't like refusal or rape or anything like that, mm-hmm. it just kept it clean. But that's how, like, yeah, we're sort of Bioware with Dragon Age. They had a a bevy of different characters, and you had straight, gay, bisexual, only dates their own race, only you know, pansexual, all of that kind of stuff. There was these completely. different characters and they basically were like well they exist in the real world so therefore they exist in the game
1: one more quick question guys I want to go around the room really quick okay.
10: before we finish quick, up quick. um
1: Probably just recount. the answer and the uh the quick reason as to why you think that does sex have a place in video games yes Archer, definitely
11: because it happens in life why can't it happen in video games i mean that can't you, can't, you shouldn't really apply that to everything because there's definitely a lot of harmful things that happen in the real world that you shouldn't try and bring across every medium but yeah sex is not harmful it's something that happens with majority of people and we should celebrate it cool Megs.
12: uh yeah i agree with archer um it it's something that happens in life and we need to have positive um, representation of that in our media and therefore that'll translate into life and make things better so that's yeah cool.
10: Finn? absolutely but like it being included in films uh it should be thought about really hard
2: Uh, (laughs) before, before,
10: before it's included because it's important that it's done correctly
1: Yep, Kev.
10: Yeah, I, I think basically the same as Finn is that, you know, it needs to be done and it needs to be there for a particular reason and it needs to not be used as a plot point.
1: Yeah. And, um, you know, like any game
10: mechanic, you know, if they just throw it in there just to
1: have it, it's, it shouldn't be in the game. And it's not just about sex scenes, it's anything that really is just thrown in for no reason. You know, you sort of wonder, why is this even there? It didn't need to be there. It's not part of the story. There's no reason for this to change. There's no reason to have a quick time event where I'm pushing buttons to, to penetrate someone. There's it really make no sense. reason to have. Help- no. Time of it, no. So, of it. I mean, ultimately, yeah, if it's done properly and it's worked in a proper way, it should totally be there. But, I mean, if it's just there for the sake of it, like any game mechanic, it really shouldn't be there at all. And um, people shouldn't do it just to be controversial.
12: Agreed. You're listening
3: to Joy 94.9, and this is A Little Pot of Joy with Andrea and Alice. Up next from one of our resting programs, The Wet Spot, let's get fisting.
2: Jill is in the studio with Sammy to talk about the exciting topic of vaginal fisting.
3: The two talk safety, technique, and the importance of communication, cutting your fingernails, lube, and having fun. Plus, Jill talks self-fisting.
2: You can listen to the entire podcast by downloading it from the Joy website, joy.org.au forward slash the wet spot. Or download it for free from the iTunes store.
5: You're listening to
1: A Little Pot of Joy, the podcast program.
13: Now, I have a very special guest in the studio with me tonight. Many of uh, the women out there in the kink and fetish community know this woman by name and stand at her feet in awe. (laughs) Jilf, welcome to Joy. Hello, how are you? Very good, thank you. Now, uh, we have a very, very exciting subject to cover this evening. For the first time on Joy 94.9, we are going to cover the very exciting and very delicious subject of vaginal fisting, aren't we? Yes, we are. I know. It's going to be absolutely amazing. Now, when a lot of people sort of think about vaginal fisting, you know, to me, I look at it as being, in a way, a a taboo subject through a lot of the, particularly the vanilla uh, queer women's community. So it's about us sort of breaking down a little bit of barriers about the information, um, the do's, the don'ts, and a lot of the safety um, concerns that you actually have a look at in the process. You're trying to make it more
14: um, accessible. Yeah, try to break it down a little bit more and try to get um, women
13: to relax and enjoy it and I, and I suppose part of that is uh you know it, this is actually an exceptionally enjoyable pastime that a lot of women through time and history as we jump up and down about yes, in chairs,
14: <laughs> it's
3: awesome to, it's yeah. awesome um, it,
13: that uh you know it is something that uh you know can be extremely special to share with people um and it's uh you know it, it's something that you once you have the understanding and you know the technique and everything behind it um it, it is one of those things that you carry in your memory as a very special um, type of play really
14: yeah, Don't be afraid of it, try and not be afraid of it and also like it can go on both levels, it can be just for fun, mm. you know or you can share a deeper connection with your partner mm. through through that I think.
13: And I suppose a lot of women actually look at this and, and some women will actually take it as a, uh, as a type of play that they actually will only be share with a, a particular partner it might be someone that they, uh, is a long term partner, someone that they are fluid bond with or there are some women that you know particularly enjoy it as a as a A group
14: activity oh
13: a game everybody can play vagina oh
14: yeah yeah. Uh, you can do it in a circle twister twister with a vagina (laughs) we're gonna have a fisting
13: circle (gasps) yeah Oh, it's like a drumming circle but way cooler.
14: With fisting, yes.
13: Hooray. And you don't even have to wait for a full moon. No, you don't. No. Now, we are having a lot of fun here in the studio and it is a very, very serious subject, but it is all about being able to break down the barriers with this. And I suppose let's have a little bit of a start with some of the sort of the safety things as you're starting to set up. So much
14: communication first, 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 so much. And don't forget to have fun. Don't forget to have fun. Don't forget to cut your nails. Please cut your nails. Please cut your nails and file down the corners. Mm -hmm. All the lesbians in the room are going, yes, yes, (laughs) yes, please file your nails. And make sure they're nice and clean. So if you're not going to use gloves. And you can get sexy with gloves. Oh, my God. You know, you can get sexy. You don't have to wear just the clear, yucky, shitty ones. You can go down and get black gloves, and they look amazing, all covered in lube and lady juices. Um Lady juices. Lady juices. Whole
13: other place. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you
14: can you can be sexy with it. It doesn't have to be generic.
13: But to be able to sort of, you know, say to women that Uh, you know I was talking to a lot of women about planning this show and a lot of women have actually said to me that they've tried it and there seemed to be this huge big hurdle between three and four fingers because Mm. four fingers was like almost felt like it was there and you could feel the knuckles of the hand up against the outside of the vagina and they sort of to them you know it felt like that was their mental block and it's it's something that I've heard from a few different women that have attempted fisting in the past because the difference between the third Mm finger and the fourth is finger huge. is a huge difference mm. and normally the fourth finger is your little finger so it's, it's for some women but if you look at your hands exactly. it's actually the whole
14: side mm. of your hand it's mm. not just the little finger and also it can be a mind mm. thing as well because as you as you got but that is the hardest the hardest again lube yes. you can never have too much lube you know and the, the thing is that you can start off and once you get it past of like little pitches. <laughs>
7: You can get radio
14: is
13: not (laughs) a visual medium.
14: (laughs) You can get it. So if you come up to your four fingers and then just let it sit there. So get your hand there, let it sit there, move it around a little bit so it stretches and stretches and stretches. And if it if it takes time sitting there, that's okay. Mm. That's okay. So what I do is I usually do the one, two, and the three, and then when we get up to that fourth one is. Almost just rest it there, and then you can talk, and then you can get busy because she has a clitoris as well. Oh, yeah, hold you know, yeah. To make mm-hmm. everything else sort of slide mm. along a little bit easier. So you can always put that in your mouth and just let it sit there so it stretches out because it's got to do all the stretching, all the stretching. So I'll usually sit there, I'll let that sit for 20, sometimes like a couple minutes, sometimes 20 minutes, mm. and then a little bit more, and a little bit more, and a little bit more. It, it's a long process, totally worth it totally worth
13: it every second mm. um the other thing that i've had you know some women of course and again this is a great myth that a, a lot of women that have never had anything to do with fisting and they've almost like heard these lesbian ghost stories around a campfire on some <laughs> everybody's gone we can weekend away or something and you know they go oh fisting that's where you just shove the whole fist in it's like no Mm-mm. no, oh, no. There, it, there's actually an art to it of being able to have your hand in a certain position to be able to do it you don't just go to put the fingers in then all of a sudden turn it into to a fist and shove the whole lot no, in. No, you don't. Oh, some of us well, are seasoned. Yeah, yeah, yes. Seasoned. But to start off with.
14: <laughs> <laughs> some uh, of us are very seasoned. Yes. Um, no, no, it definitely does not start off like that. Of course, we both know what our favourite word for vagina is. But what's your uh, other, what,
13: what's your other, is it lady garden,
14: lady cave? Um, lady parts, lady garden, lady <sighs> cave. I'm a fan of Pussy. Oh, yeah, well, you know, hello. Yeah, but, yeah. um. Pussy. Oh. Pussy is a good word, yeah. It goes
13: with moist really well.
14: Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> moist pussy.
13: <laughs> See, I'm being really dangerous. I'm poking yeah, the Yeah, you are. Yeah, yeah you are.
14: <laughs>
13: <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> As I shuffle out of the studio, <laughs> back away. Back away. <laughs> oh. I'm all excited when she's in the Now, um, the thing is, I suppose, again, you know, as you said you know you can always change you can stop you can change position but again it's not about the end goal yes it is great to be able to say to your new partner and have that discussion and that we want to try this but you know enjoy the the three fingers the four fingers mm. the journey the huge amounts of lube the tarp covered by 17 <laughs> towels because of all of the lube and the softness that you need on top of the tarp and, so and all tarps. of the, so many times so and all of the fun stuff that you can actually have in the process and it's not just about I am going to get my fist inside your vagina. As you said, you know, put your mouth on her pussy. Get super comfortable with the vagina. Mm.
14: Super, super comfortable. Don't be afraid of it. Not unless it's a scary one.
13: Because some of them (laughs) are. Some of them are. No, don't be afraid of it. Yeah,
14: get down and get personal Mm. with it and have a little chat to it.
13: Absolutely.
14: (laughs) it's just ultimate fun. But do make it make it fun. Mm. It's supposed to be fun. So try and make it fun. And the more fun you make it, the more the more looser it's going to get.
13: Yes, yes. So there's no nice
14: way to say that. Because as, gonna...
13: as we said, you know, like your your brain is connected to your vagina. Very and much. If, and if you're stressed out or you're upset, have a laugh and have a bit of fun because, you know, like Laughter is almost as good as an orgasm. If you're having fun with your partner and you're connecting with them, it's, it is it is going to make things a hell of a lot easier.
14: Because you're exploring parts of your vagina you may not have seen before.
13: Well, that's so, right. And it's going to make
14: noises it may not have made before. Yeah, don't be scared of the squelch. Don't be scared of the squelch. Don't be scared <laughs> that sometimes, sometimes... Vaginas fart. A little bit of air goes in with the fist Mm -hmm. and it's going to come out somewhere. Yeah, yeah. vaginas Mm. do fart. And it's funny. It's supposed to be funny. Yeah, They're (laughs) called fanny farts. Queefs. No, queefs. Somebody told me it's a queef. It is. It's a queef. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Just be aware of it. Like, get really, really friendly with it. This Mm. is not something unless you've been doing it a long time and you can find your way in the dark this is not something you want to do in the dark get some light Mm. onto the pussy
13: we have to be out of here in under two minutes so i'm going to throw a really curly one at you (laughs) um self-fisting oh i can do that i said that out loud (laughs) yeah that's yeah that's a thing um for women to be able to want to be able to is this for because a lot of women you know they talk about (laughs) Masturbation and everything. And, you it's know, is it part of Part of being able to practice if you've got a partner that you've had that discussion with about you want to be fisted is, um, is practicing on yourself in a way, I suppose, sort of like trying to stretch your own vagina. Ooh. I suppose does it depends yeah. how flexible you are. Can you it dislocate your shoulder
14: and click your jaw at the same time? And the The thing that you have to... There's a way to do it. Oh. I was shown how to self fist basically. So okay, there's, there's a there's <laughs> I could maybe have that as a bonus round oh, on Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you can so definitely do it. your favourite charity <laughs> and learn how to self fist. Self fist. Yeah. Self fisting is amazing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You can do it. You can do it. Just get super comfortable with yourself and get in there.
13: Oh wonderful.
14: Lube. Lube. Lube.
13: So, of course, big, big message that we want to get across today about this is can't have too much lube. Not too much. And have fun. Have fun. Chillax.
14: Chillax. It's supposed to be fun. Mm. It's supposed to have some fun with it. And it's not about getting the fist in there. Enjoy the process.
13: Because, of course, every single extra finger is an extra finger of fun. <laughs> yes, yes <it> is.
2: <laughs> You've been listening to A Little Pot of Joy with Alice and Andrea. You can find more of the complete podcasts on the Joy website, www.joy.org.au or download them from the iTunes store.
1: You've been listening to A Little Pot of Joy, the podcast program. See joy.org.au and click on our podcast link to subscribe to your favourite podcasts free.
12: Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast, brought to you by
13: Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation.